From rolling dice and drawing cards to solving puzzles and opening locks. For beginners who are new to games, as well as experienced players who want something new. Let us take you through the exciting world of gaming and help you design a great gaming get-together. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everyone. In this episode, we'll talk about the best games to travel with. For the dice roll, we'll talk about the most overused escape room themes. And of course, we'll give our escape room report and our Friday favorites. Lauren, it's summertime, and one of my favorite films for summer is National Lampoon's Vacation. Mm -hmm. You know, just packing up the family and friends and just hitting the road and going somewhere, you know? Uh And as you go along, wherever you might be going, whether it's a short trip for like a day or a weekend or even a whole two weeks off, you know, sometimes it's nice to bring along a little bit extra fun. Because wherever you're going, it's probably going to be something enjoyable. Yeah. I don't want to take a vacation to see the world's biggest ball of yarn if that borns me, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, like maybe when you're back at the hotel or at your friend's house and relatives that you're staying with, you want to have some way to unwind at the end of the day, you know, when you're not doing your main things. Uh-huh. Right. So that's why we thought it'd be good to kind of get together a sort of list of uh, uh, travel games, portable games that you can take with you. Now, just so we're clear, we're not going to be talking about the little like, oh, license plate game, because you can play that in the yeah, car. Yeah, we're not talking about, you know, Simon Says or what's the view when you see something. I Spy. I spy. Yeah, we're not talking that kind of stuff. No, no, we're talking about like... Actual games. G- actual games that games. you can buy in a store that we think are the most logical sense, and we'll explain why for them, mm-hmm. for uh, going on a trip. Okay, so for our topic, for the games to take with you yeah, uh, that are travel worthy, one thing that I think is important to talk about right off the bat is size. Yeah, well, and I think that's important because there are games that are specifically marketed as travel size games. Yeah. But a lot of times, just because they are marketed as travel size, sometimes that often just means it's a smaller version. And that's not only, doesn't always mean that's a good thing. Yes. Because there's lots of, there's travel size Scrabble, there's travel size Monopoly, there's travel, you know, there's all these travel size ones. And a lot of times it just means a really teeny tiny version that is probably a pain to actually play, you know, and it still will mean a lot of little pieces. You know, one of the ones I actually saw out there is there's, I don't know, have you heard of the game Kerplunk, the kids game? Yeah, that's there's the one a, where you take the sticks out and yeah, the marbles go there's through. There's a travel whatever. version of that. How does that work? How does that make sense? All these little tiny pieces that you're going to lose and stuff? Immediately. Like, yeah, I'm like, no, like I wouldn't invest money in that. No, that's dumb. <laughs> so, but there are games. There are games that are meant for travel, but there's also games that are just small and portable, and mm-hmm. they work well to take places. Yes. And that's more what we're going to focus on. Yeah, so um, right off the bat... I came up with this, I think, great rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. If you're dealing with board games, right? Because, I mean, so many of the games that are technically travel size would be like card games. You mm-hmm. know, so like, you know, you're, you know, um, like, first of all, just basic deck cards, of course. But, I mean, for more specific things for us, you know, talk about things like Love Letter or um, Cards Against Humanity or Munchkin. Uh-huh. Those are card games that you can easily just, you know, put into like a tiny little card, you know, box and take with you. Yeah. But for board games... Because sometimes people like those more. Mm-hmm. I say, general rule of thumb, if the board has more than two folds in it, it's too big. Because, uh-huh. like, you know, we, we recently got that game, uh, Time Stories. Yeah. You know, which is a cool game. And it's got, like, a perfect little, like, box to put everything into. Yeah, and, it has a know, great box. And put everything away. But the problem is, it's got, like, three or four folds in it. It's a huge board. 
And like I said, sometimes you might be traveling to, you know, like Aunt Janice's house or something, you know, or like your friend who lives in Michigan or whatever. So like you maybe know what their setup is like and what it's going to be like when you're there. But at the same time, a lot of people might be traveling to a hotel uh-huh. that they're booked in or whatever. Yeah. And so you don't know, like, is there going to be a table we can play this in mm-hmm. or like what? So yeah. if you are going to be bringing a board game, probably the smaller the actual board, the better. Because uh-huh. I don't want to have to bring like this huge board game and like I'm so excited to play. And then like, oh, now we have to like, I guess, put it on the bed mm-hmm. or something. Because trust me, I've done that and it's not as comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you shift a little and everything falls over. Right. Uh, the other thing to think about too, if you're traveling with a board game or something, you know, it's one thing if maybe you're driving somewhere, but if you're flying somewhere, you also have that constraint of your luggage. Mm-hmm. And as you have found, because sometimes you go up to visit your family, family and you want to take you know oh this game to play with them um sometimes the the boxes themselves don't do so well in your yeah you know you've had a lot of boxes that have gotten smashed edges Mm -hmm. or you know wrinkled and things like that so there's certain boxes too that are maybe better for that or you know if you're really concerned about your box maybe invest in some kind of travel like you know storage thing so that you don't have to take the box yeah and i mean if you are going to put it in your suitcase one thing that i found is put it as like central middle of the suitcases you can. So like put a layer of clothes underneath uh-huh. it, put a bunch of like your socks and underwear and like softer things on the top and bottom, and then put another layer of clothes on top. Uh-huh. You want that to be like the yolk and the egg. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> as middle as you can, as center as you can, surrounded by soft garments. Uh-huh. So like it absorbs the blow. Essentially, you're doing like the egg experiment at high school. Mm-hmm. You try to drop it, you know, yeah. <laughs> and like have it not break. Yeah. And then there's boxes like um, one of the ones we had thought of is um, Forbidden Desert or Forbidden Island. Island, mm-hmm. those come in actually little metal like tins, tins. Yeah. so those would be a little bit safer to take um well plus it's metal so if it gets warped or bent you can theoretically just pop it put, back pop it back yeah so there's there's less likely to do damage as a, a cardboard also something to think about too if you're traveling with your games i've had my luggage get wet before like, oh really it was out in the rain oh true so, or like know. if it's gonna be snowing or whatever yeah, yeah exactly i didn't and even consider that see that's, that's clever that. of you yeah and I've had things bleed through. I remember we went on some trip and um, they, oh, so it, this was a couple years ago, but um, they had searched our luggage, you know, like TSA, you know, not when we were there, but they scan it through. Right, because you're a terrorist. It. Yeah. Um, and that they do is they put a little note in your luggage that says someone searched this. So that way if you... <laughs> Inspected by number eight. Yeah. So that way if you get home and you see your bags all disrupted, you're like, what happened? And it says, but they had put a note in and then the, my, the luggage got wet and the note had actually bled into my mom's clothes. Oh. And like messed everything oh. up. Yeah. So she was really mad. Yeah. I can understand why. So you might, you know, you might want to be careful about what you take in luggage packed like that. Um, that's why I said, you know, there are ways that you could just take the components, maybe mm-hmm. safer, put them in a Ziploc bag if you have to, or something like that. Oh, definitely. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, um, those are all great ideas, but we're also talking about space and like mm-hmm. size you can take up. So like, depending on how big your suitcase is and how much, how many bags you want to bring with you, of course, uh-huh. you know, but like I said, usually if it has more than two folds in the, in the board, probably mm-hmm. not. Also, a lot of times they'll have, you know, pieces that don't go on the board. Yeah. You know, like something you have to have off on the side as well. So my 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 kind of another rule of thumb is if the amount of stuff that you have to have for each individual person mm-hmm. takes up more than a like a bread plate. Yeah. Like the tiny little place they bring for you at restaurants before you've even ordered your food, you know? Uh-huh. If it takes up more space than that on the table for each person's extra stuff, you may want to reconsider. Because like I said, it's 
you know, where are you going to put it, everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also I think something to think about when you're taking games with you is if the game has lots of little pieces that can easily get lost, mm -hmm. you know, do you really want to take that chance of being somewhere, you know, where you have maybe a limited amount of time, it's not your place, you know what and, I mean? And another point that I just considered with that, how, how expensive is this game to rebuy? True, yeah. Because let's say I have a game like Betrayal at House on the Hill. That game itself is like 50, 60 bucks or something like yeah. that. So, like, if I lose a few key pieces, like, that's another 50, 60 bucks. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, if I got, like, a $15 version of, like, Candyland, mm -hmm. you know, because I got, like, little kids with me and, like, oh, we lost the Gumdrop Forest Fairy. Oh, I don't know. Uh -huh. You know? And, like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'll, I will burn another $15 to yeah, go get or even if, um, if you have, like, a game like Ticket to Ride and you lose a couple of the trains, you can buy new trains. Yeah. You know, you know it's not so that So, like, hard. it's, it's you also have to consider, like, if I lose stuff, uh -huh. how big of a deal is it for me? You yeah, know? I mean, not that you can't lose stuff at home, but, you know, I've definitely lost things on vacation before. Well, the thing is, if you lose it on room. vacation, good luck ever getting it again. Exactly. If you get it at home, maybe it'll turn up someday. Exactly. Maybe the yeah. borrowers that live in your walls will finally yeah, decide to get it back. Yeah, even if you lose it at a friend's house, they might find it later on yeah exactly they yeah. might step on in the middle of the night when they go into the restroom you know oh mm -hmm. there's that train yeah so definitely uh, you know kind of keep the components down um and you know the other one is of course card games card games are really easy to take mm -hmm. with um you mentioned um cards against humanity yeah um and cards against humanity usually comes in kind of smaller um containers well it has big boxes small boxes it's got well, well the whole it gamut. has a big box but usually they come in small mm -hmm. containers so yeah. you can you know um, in fact, I even, although I have the big box, I've held on to some of the small containers if, if we do want to travel with the small. Yeah, amount. which is a very clever of you to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, the other one we actually just recently got um, was uh, Sushi Go, and we've actually taken that with us a couple times lately. Yeah, we actually took it to an outdoor movie show, and we yeah. played on the blanket and the big field with everyone Yeah, else. and it worked really good. And there's some people watching going, what is this game? <laughs> yeah, and actually the other good thing with that one is um, at one point a band started playing, mm -hmm. and we couldn't necessarily hear each other, but we didn't really need to. Because it's a very visual game. It's a very visual game, Once you yeah. teach it once, it, you, everyone's good to go. Yeah, and that was the other nice thing about it is because both, um, both times we were teaching it to somebody. We took it to an outdoor movie showing, and we also took it to an outdoor like picnic thing mm -hmm. um and both times we taught it to someone really quickly and we just started playing on the picnic blanket very good. excellent point yeah, yeah how easy is it to learn on the go too because that's the other thing i was thinking about is i mean as much as like you know most people keep to themselves nowadays i'm a very friendly person mm -hmm. i'm always saying hi to people and like hi what's your name you know yeah. those are cool tattoos let me look at those you know <laughs> what's the story behind that um, I'm always like kind of like this fantasy whenever I go out to like hotels or something like, ooh, maybe we can go down to the lobby and relax and play a game. And then someone <laughs> else will, will see that and want to come join us. And I come on over. Let me teach you. What's your name? Bob and Janice? Hi, Bob and Janice. Down, down, down. <laughs> this is called whatever, whatever. Here's how you play. Let's go. You know, pick up these dice. You're going to play as Godzilla. You know, kind of. <laughs> um, in addition to card games, I think anything that's kind of. Um compact and contained mm. so we mentioned love letters love letters comes in a little baggie yeah and you can just take it comes it in literally like a little like coin pouch kind yeah of thing, exactly know? it can fit in your pocket yeah oh actually i usually have a small game like that on me mm -hmm. just in case yeah you know like in my car there's always a small little game of flux mm -hmm. you know yeah, flux card is game. another one um there's been a couple times where i don't think you even know this but we were going out and i have a game of love letters in my pocket just in case just in case we get stuck somewhere because yeah. it's a small easy little game that if we're bored and stuck mm -hmm. hey there you go yeah um another card game that we've taken also is... great to have in case you're like in a terminal and your flight gets delayed yes, because once your bags are checked 
your bags are mm -hmm. checked. So yeah. definitely, I would recommend if you are going to even bring a big box game, you know, have uh -huh. a small little portable thing on you just in case. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, especially if you're doing carry-on, usually you have limited space in your carry-on mm -hmm. because you you probably have other things you're trying to carry on. Um, but something small like that, that's not going to take up a lot of room and that way you'll always have it with you. Yeah. Another card game that we've actually used um, when we were out and about is we had a copy of Super Fight on us once. Yeah. And we were at a restaurant and we were going somewhere after the restaurant, but we got finished like too early. We didn't plan it out right. Yeah. Well, we were we were having to drive really far and we didn't know how bad traffic was going to be and things like mm -hmm. that. So we had some time to kill. So we busted out um, Super Fight at the restaurant and we just played while we were waiting. Yeah, and it was a good time killer too, you know? Yeah, exactly. We had like an extra hour uh -huh. or something to kill before the thing. So it was able to get us like, you know, passing the time, we had the table there, you know? And of course we weren't being inconsiderate. It wasn't, it was a, a kind of restaurant where you, it's all you can eat. It was like, it was a soup plantation. And we were still kind of eating as we were going along. Yeah, so it wasn't like we were holding a table. And, or... and the restaurant was about half full. Yeah. So, I mean, if the restaurant was getting full, I would have felt like socially obligated to like, no, we should leave so someone else can have this table. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, so it, it's, yeah. Yeah. And Just nobody... in case anyone's like, wow, you guys are real. Yeah, and <laughs> you don't have waiters, so it's not like you're holding, you know, you're yeah. holding up a waiter or anything like that so yeah yeah if it was a normal restaurant we probably wouldn't do that at least not a normal sit-down restaurant maybe that's a future episode gaming etiquette in public <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um another kind of cool both travel friendly and um like contained game is we recently we were actually traveling we were up in berkeley um we went to a really cool game store up there games of berkeley games of berkeley amazing i used to, i went there uh, with their old location, and that mm -hmm. was kind of cool. But the new location is fantastic. It's huge. It's probably one of the. And I love their stores. back rooms where you can like have private little gaming session rooms. Yeah, really yeah. Cool. And I don't know how long they've been there, so it looked like they were still kind of getting set up. But um, the store part was really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and I just happened to grab. They had these um, games that I've kind of heard of before. They're called Paco games. And the whole idea is they're about the same size as a stick of gum or Literally. a little package of gum. And so they can literally fit in your pocket, fit in your wallet. They can fit in your shirt pocket if you got one. Yeah. And we actually got the spy one. And all they are these little tiny cards, essentially. Literally the same dimensions as a, pet, a stick of gum. Yeah, yeah. And um, so they're really easy to play. We we played it in the backseat of a car because we yeah. were driving back home. Um, you could play them in line somewhere. They'd be really good if you were at like somewhere like Disneyland or something like that. Definitely. The game itself goes pretty quick. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to, you know, you can easily time it to where you don't have to like stop the game. Yeah. And it's a very quickly, you know, just pack everything up and boom. It's yeah, back in your pocket. exactly. You know, even if like you don't have a chance to even put it back in the box, just put it all in your pocket. Yeah, true. Go on the ride, get off the ride. Oh, it fell off because we're on Space Mountain. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you know. Um, another kind of self-contained one I've heard about is Hive. I don't know if you've heard about. This I've heard game. of Hive. Yeah, I haven't played it, but that's one that's uh, actually supposed to be kind of up there in terms of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, intellectual testing and like you know really um stretching your mind for like critical thinking uh-huh and that's another one it looked like it all kind of comes just in a little baggie sort of it's very contained mm -hmm. so that was really cool um another one we thought of are um dice games now you would think dice goes against the rule of components that could easily be lost mm -hmm. but a lot of the kind of dedicated dice games are um they're kind of in like a little uh, dice cup so it's a little bit more easy to roll for, yeah. you know. They wouldn't be so good in situations like I wouldn't play it on a plane or something like that where they mm -hmm. could roll off the tray. Yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, even that still, like, usually the cup is just to keep it there and to roll the cup. But if you want to save space, put them in a Ziploc, like, snack bag. True. Yeah, you yeah. Know. 
But you know, you could easily play that in a hotel room, even if you even oh, if you sure. were just with a bed. You know, it's yeah. So um, there's um, a couple of versions of those. There's zombie dice, mm-hmm. which we really like. There's really a lot. We played a really cool one recently um chupacabra that was fun yeah there's actually this one also that i've been looking to maybe try out called dragon farkle uh-huh. where it's kind of like the number of dice you roll equals the number of soldiers that you get to fight a dragon but uh it, it was interesting you know it's like you're trying to build up your own army descended against like this massive dragon that's like smog or something you know mm-hmm. and then once you do that then someone else is rolling for the dragon they like kill your dudes and it's, it's weird but it's hmm. it's fun you know the other ones which i've never even heard of is there's kind of a whole genre of games called book games I have not. Is that like choose your own adventure? You mean? No. What they are is um, each player has like a little book, okay, and that's how they're playing. Um, there's a couple versions of this, and I believe they're made by the same people. There's one. It's called Ace of Aces, which is like um, kind of like an old school. Um, <laughs> I like that title. Yeah, Ace it's an old school like flying thing. Oh, oh! I was just imagining like a Alice in Wonderland like cards. You know? No, and the other one's called Lost World. Ooh, I'm definitely. Um, so here's a, actually um, a little description of Ace of Aces gameplay. Well, it's a it's a what the Wikipedia describes it as a two player combat picture book game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was came out in the 80s. So each set includes a pair of small books, one for each player, generally marked German and Allied. These are the like game books in that instead of reading through them, a person is at one particular page, and the book represents a World War One fighter. Each player turns to the same number in his book. The illustration on that page shows the view from the cockpit of his airplane looking at the opponent. Along the bottom of the page is a series of maneuvers that can be performed Hmm. with page numbers listed under them. While the page numbers are different with each page, the maneuvers are consistent. Each player selects a maneuver. Both players then announce the corresponding numbers. Each player turns to that page as it's announced by its opponent. That's cool. So that's cool because it's all sort of self-contained in this little book. It'd be something really easy to play like in the back of a car, at a restaurant, in an airplane. (laughs) I could not play that in the back of a car because I you get car sick yeah, really easily. Yeah, you can't read in the back of a plane. I get car sick yeah. very easily. But, but other people, people don't, why yeah. not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in other things like in an airplane, in a terminal, in a restaurant, all those places would be pretty easy. I just imagine the situation where you have two people like, you know, sitting in a booth or at a table in a restaurant. And the waitress comes over and she goes, they, they were both reading, but they looked so angry when they were reading. I don't understand, like, what is this book? That they, I, I, I had to walk away. I was going to offer them some appetizers, but I just I, they didn't seem like they were in the mood for it. And then meanwhile, we look up like, I wanted to get some cheese sticks. Where's this waitress? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it looks like Lost World is um, kind of more of a, like, a D&D sort of... Well, that's um, my alley right there. Yeah, it's more fantasy-based. But the same idea is that you have these books, and I think each each page like represents a fighter and move that they can do. I definitely like that. That's a very cool idea. That's my first time I've heard of this right now. Yeah, me too. And I, I just thought, like, especially for our theme, that was like a really clever way to do something that has... It has essentially no components except two books. Yeah. Like, how easy is that to travel with? A book. You know? Yeah. And I'm sure that these are not big, fat, like, no, chapter books. Thin. They're probably, like practically pamphlets yeah yeah exactly so yeah you could probably fit that inside your coat pocket Mm -hmm. if you've got like an inner pocket right there you know so yeah not a problem at all so yeah so that was just a kind of a quick little thing of you know if you are looking to do some traveling you Mm -hmm. know and i mean trust me i have personal favorites and i've made sacrifices i've brought huge boxes like i brought mysterium from southern california to northern idaho (laughs) just because i'm like my sister has to play this game yeah and i wasn't gonna go buy it again so Mm -hmm. you can 
bring big boxes like that. Just, of course, then I couldn't bring a whole bunch of other games. But yeah, so, I mean, you, you can bring a big box like that. Just you're going to sacrifice a lot of space. So really mm -hmm. consider how much space am I willing to give up for yeah. my favorite hobby in the world, which should, as always, the answer be board games. <laughs> but, you know, you, there are, we're just trying to say there's other options mm -hmm. that maybe not are as, because me personally, I think the more involved a board game is, the more fun I have with it. But I mean, you can still have plenty of fun with simpler things too. Yeah, and, then, and like we said, just know the risks of what could happen taking a box. You know, you might not think like, oh, well, this is this is a cardboard box. It'll be fine. You know, mm -hmm. um, I mean, we're a little bit less precious. Like if my if the corner gets a little damaged on my board, I'm not a freaking out about it. You know, I, OK, me personally, I'm very much I'm very precious with it until it gets damaged. And then I put my hands up. And say, oh, who cares anymore? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking of my one box that literally was like ripping, falling apart. The, yeah, that was bad. My cards against humanity. But that was box. kind of my fault. So whatever. Sure, because you dropped it. <laughs> yeah, I dropped it while walking up to her doorstep. It's like, oh, shoot. Well, that's. <laughs> that you know once again very precious until it's damaged in which case then it's like eh, yeah. whatever yeah but i mean it, you can definitely take your hobby with you you know like you, they have games out there there's tons of options so if you want to like we said even if you're just doing something simple as like we went to an outdoor movie there's you have to show up early or else you won't get a good spot mm -hmm. and but then there's a lot of downtime before the movie starts yeah and the mean, movie doesn't start until it gets dark you know and it takes a while to get dark here in southern california and it also i think depends on how long you plan to stay there too because uh -huh. you recently uh went on a vacation with your family up to like a cabin in the woods yeah and you were going to be there for like a week yeah so you knew like let's bring something that has a bit more sustenance and replayability mm -hmm. aka ticket to ride for you yeah because yeah. you and your mom enjoy that so you and you knew you're there's going to be a good size table yeah, and also, like, in those situations, you know, okay, we're going on this trip, we're going to do a bunch of stuff, but we're not going to be doing a lot of stuff at night. What are we going to do at night, you mm -hmm. know? And, and we're all together and stuff. Do We don't want to just watch television. Yeah. We so, can do that at home. So really, I think when you're deciding what games am I going to take, ask yourself these following questions. Mm -hmm. And then kind of, and be honest, you know, don't, don't kind of, like, over-exaggerate. You know, I would say, if anything, under-exaggerate, just in case. Ask yourself, how much room am I willing to give up Mm-hmm. For this box. Because, you know, let's say you also got all your other suitcases and all your friends and all that in uh -huh. the back. You know, like, can I... Is there room for this, A, and have everyone be comfortable? B, how much room do I think I will have to play this game there? Like I said, we, am I going to have a big table? Am I willing to play this on the bed? Am I willing to take it down to the lobby with this table? Like, where can I play this, uh -huh. you know? Uh, C, how often do I think I'm going to play this game? Because if it's only going to be, like... You know, you, we're just going to Vegas to stay the night there so we can watch a show the uh -huh, next morning yeah. we're driving back. Do we need that? No. You know, plus also once we get there, we'll probably be tired. We'll take a little nap. Then we'll get up, go see the show, dinner, come back. back. Uh -huh. So, like, am I really going to play it? How, maybe we'll squeeze in one game, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and then how much enjoyment does this game give me versus maybe two other ones that I could take instead? You know, yeah. because, yes, you can play Ticket to Ride and... That's your favorite game. Mm -hmm. I, I know you well enough to say yeah, that. Yeah, Ticket to Ride is Lauren's favorite game. Mm -hmm. End of sentence. You know, <laughs> but for me, it's an okay game. Mm -hmm. I like other ones much better. You know, so it's if I was bringing that for me, and you're not in the picture at all, mm -hmm. right? I have to then ask myself if I do have the opportunity to play this game multiple times. Am I going to enjoy playing Ticket to Ride multiple times? Or, considering the size that box takes up, would I rather then take two smaller things, like let's say a Love Letters and a Flux, or a Gloom and a Zombie Dice, or something like that, you uh -huh. know? And instead, take those two, so now I have two different games. They take up about the same space, if not even less. 
you know, maybe I don't enjoy them as much as Ticket to Ride, but am I willing to do kind of a two-for-one deal uh-huh. in terms of my enjoyment? Yeah. So kind of ask yourself, like, you know, if you are doing a big box, is the amount of enjoyment I get out of this worth the trouble and almost hassle uh-huh. of taking this versus two or three smaller things? Because sometimes that answer, honestly, is yes. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I took Mysterium all like across the country. Because yeah. for me, that's a hard yes. We're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm willing to put up with this. You know? Well, and sometimes, I mean, especially for you and I, we like to introduce people to games. And you knew like your time with your family was limited and you really wanted to take something that would really wow them, something that you wanted to share with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so taking a bigger game like that was, you know, that was... Important important, to me, Important to you, yeah. Yeah. But as you said, um, you know, it's good to be able to take your hobby on the road, Mm -hmm. you know, but some hobbies you can't take on the road because you go on the road to your hobbies. And in this case, we're talking about our escape rooms. Now, uh, we're going to go and talk about, for this time, escape room themes that we think we've seen just a little too often. So, escape rooms, there are infinite amounts of themes. You see all sorts of different themes, but you see a couple a little more often than others. Yeah, so for our Dice Roll segment, we thought we would talk about the most common themes, why they work, Mm -hmm. and why they're getting a little bit stale as well. Yeah, so I think one of the first ones that we definitely see a lot is any kind of heist. Would be a bank heist, a museum heist, diamond heist, yeah. You know, the the heist theme is strong with this one. I do think maybe Diamond Heist is a little bit more fresh for me just because of that Ocean's 8 movie. True, true, true. I would be okay with doing a Diamond Heist one right now just so I can feel like I am those girls, you know. (laughs) But yeah, the heist ones, one of the things about escape rooms that people seem to have some issues with, you know, Mm -hmm. is the immersion of the story. Yes. You're telling me a story, I'm playing through it. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. Why? What's my objective? And why do I have such an arbitrary time limit? Yeah. And also the other thing to think about too with heist things is, and just, well, actually I should say, one of the things to think about with escape rooms in general is that the goal of escape rooms is not always necessarily to escape. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's to accomplish something yeah. within a time limit. So with heist games, it, you know, you kind of run the gamut of, is my objective just to steal this thing? is my objective to steal this thing and get away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that can really play you know, a big part in like how well the room works or not. Exactly. And with heist ones, at least the objective is clear. Once you get this one MacGuffin, mm-hmm. whether it's art or money or a diamond, whatever, then you know you're good to go, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes even the thing is on display immediately and it's just, how do I get into this case? True, or yeah. how do I get around the security uh-huh. system or whatever, you know? Which is kind of cool because it's always like taunting you. It's tantalizing you. Yeah, it's you. right there, but you can't get it. Yeah, but at the same time, the problem with these rooms is that so many... You can only rob a bank so many times mm-hmm. before it gets boring. You know, yeah. you can only... There's only so many ways you can approach it. Yeah, it feels and, like everyone's done every single way. Yeah, and there's only so many like interesting stories about stealing a diamond. You know, if if you've listened to all of our episodes, you know there was a past one where we were in a diamond thiefed room that was utterly terrible. Probably the worst room we've ever done. It together. still is the worst room that we've done together. Yeah, and um, and the thing was like the the storyline of why we, of the diamond was stupid. I mean, from right away, I remember saying like, "This is a dumb." It was like the princess face diamond. The princess or, face like, diamond. It was just so I don't know. It, I don't even want to say corny. It was just it didn't make any sense, and it was like, "Why is this and called this?" It's what? just yeah. I feel like it's so 
used and mm-hmm. cliche. I feel it's one of those things that it kind of everyone feels like, oh, I can do that too. Yeah. Everyone does it. Why can't I? Mm-hmm. But like, you're not asking why can I, you're asking should I, you know? Yeah. Like, and also you, you should ask what, you know, okay, all these people do this room. What do I have different to offer this, mm-hmm. this theme? Yeah. Because the thing is with all of these that we're going to talk about, it doesn't mean that just because it is this theme, it is bad. They can do really good jobs of these. It's just, there's so many out there. You need to bring something new to the plate. Yeah. Because I mean, it's almost like looking at kids cereal. Uh-huh. You know, you can have fruity pebbles, you can have fruit loops, you can have fruity bunches of oat, I don't know. But like there's all these fruity ones or cocoa ones, you know, but like if you were to then go make a new fruit or cocoa cereal, what's so different and special about yours? You uh-huh. know, maybe it is just a cool cartoon character in the front that will draw the kids more than a than a toucan or a three little elves or whatever, mm. you know. Or maybe it's that you include a cool, awesome prize inside of it, like, you know, an actual real taser gun that they could shock the little sister with. Who knows? <laughs> but, like, besides that, like, what are you bringing to the table? And the same thing kind of goes with, like, heist ones. Like, yes, I'm getting a diamond. Yes, it's in a glass case. Yes, I have to get around the security system. But, like, yeah. I still have to, like, do a math puzzle and solve a combination lock. To, mm-hmm. Like, how? Yeah, you know. exactly. And, and the other problem is, like, we've done a heist room, too, where we stole the thing and then we're like, well, what now? And then it was like, oh, well, maybe we have to escape. But then the escape process was stupid. And it so didn't make sense. So it was yeah. like, well, this doesn't make sense. So, like, while there are a few diamonds in the rough, uh-huh. let's see what I did there. Um, usually, I feel like heist ones tend to stay away from because I'm just too worried that people are going to take opportunities for granted. Yeah. They're going to take it as like, oh, well, like, you know, people just appreciate it because you're on a heist. So, like, I don't need to, like, up the excitement any because you're already excited Mm because you're stealing something. Yeah, it's a little too easy. Um, So, speaking of kind of, like, the escape part is important. Another one is prison break Because when you don't escape, you go to prison. Yes. Right? (laughs) We've only done one prison break ourselves. We've only done one, but I know it is a common theme. Because there's been other locations that we were at that had prison break rooms. Mm -hmm. We just did not do them. And we've seen, like, we've done one and we've seen a couple online. And essentially, the main gimmick is that we're all put into different cells. Hopefully, yeah. And you have to pass stuff back and forth between your cells. Like, I have uh-huh. this toothbrush. You have that hair comb. Let's exchange because you need your toothbrush to poke it in a hole. Uh-huh. And I need my comb to, like, me unlock my toilet so I can yank it away from the wall. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like, yeah, once you do one, you kind of feel like, okay, well, I've done... Yeah, I mean, the, the, hopefully there is. See, the thing is, if you did a prison break room like that, and there was no urine separate cells passing things back and forth, yeah. that would be terrible. Because yeah, if you're least, just in one cell together. Yeah, at least they're relying on you having to work together, yeah. and there being a challenge to working together. Because one of the best rooms that we've done, and we did it early on, mm-hmm. was at the crossroads with the hex room. And yes. that's kind of like that, where you have people in different rooms with different items, and you have a person in the middle who has to pass it all back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the most exciting parts about that because I would look and say, I'm in this like library-like room. Why do I have a can of tomato soup? This doesn't make sense to me. Pass it to you. Does this mean anything to you? Oh, yeah, because there's a kitchen over here. Keep it in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And also what's really cool about that too is each room kind of has a different way to pass things out and um, communicate between them. Mm -hmm. And so, and you do, you have that one person who's kind of, their job is to kind of go in between the rooms and be like, hey, how are you doing over here? Hey, how are you doing over here? What do you need? What are you looking for? What do you have that doesn't seem to fit? You know, it really works well. That's kind of like what goes on in the prison rooms, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. just 
with a good twist. Like each yeah. prison cell's not designed equally, you uh-huh. know, and all that. But in basically prison cells, like in their escape rooms, it is interesting that like you have to pass things. Sometimes it's even like you can't see the other person because they're like there's a wall between you, but you can uh-huh. pass it around the wall. Yeah. That's kinda cool. But usually it's once you get out of your cells, you just go over to the door and walk out. You know, we did do one where then you had to go into the warden's office, which was kind of fun. Uh-huh. And ones where even they had, I always love to dress up whenever I go into an escape room. We just yeah. did one today and I immediately put on the scientist lab coat, <laughs> you know. But um, in this one, the one that we did in L.A., what was it? Fox in the Box, I think it was. Oh, yeah. In Anaheim. Oh, yeah. No, the L.A. Fox in the Box. That's right. Yeah. They actually gave us orange, like... Jumpsuits. Jumpsuits for, like, just the top. You know, we didn't have to wear... But they gave us those. And actually, you know, without any spoilers, the things that we had on mattered. There was something about the actual orange shirts that we had on that was important Mm -hmm. later. Yeah. So that was very cool. I liked that. But I don't see many other gimmicks that you can like really change up about that formula. You know, like yeah. I said, the passing things back and forth is cool. Uh-huh. But once you've done it once. Yeah, the, the one thing that was good about the one we did is one group got out before the other group got out. So that was kind of nice because it kind of was like, oh wait, you're free, but we're not. And, and we're the other still group separated. got out only because the first group got, it's not like we were yeah. racing to get out. No, it's, yeah. You could not get out until I got out. Yeah, exactly. So that was kind of nice of whether, as opposed to us all just getting out and just being like, okay, we're or all Or you free get out now. whenever you solve your own deal. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it's just, yeah, I mean, we, we were looking at this one recently to see if we want to do it. It's like a Wild West prison escape. Yeah, so that might but be like, different. But that one could be different because then you're not going to have like electronic keypads that you do. Maybe you have to build something to reach a key on a hook, you know? That'd yeah, be that, might be, that might be a good twist on so it. So I think doing like time period prison escapes like mm-hmm. maybe it's a medieval dungeon yeah like that could be interesting but your just standard modern day prison break it's a little stale and a little mm-hmm. old and i would like to see some kind of a twist you know so like i said even doing a a time setting of like dungeon escape uh-huh. you know that being yeah yeah you know. um okay so another one that we've done a number of times is and we kind of are giving this catch-all title is any kind of scientific cure so that could be you're curing a zombie outbreak, you're curing a disease outbreak. There's lots. There's of a bioterrorist, and you got to find the formula. Yeah. Whatever. Something to do with like there's a lot of science heavy stuff. Yeah, that you're stopping the contamination of something, or you're locked in a lab and you have to find the cure or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Now those are cool because it lets you have a lot of interesting clues on the wall mm-hmm. that would obviously be there for a reason. Like usually there's some kind of a periodic table of elements. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of puzzles that you can do around that because every single element has a lot. It has its number, you know, uh-huh. it has its weight, mm-hmm. it has its, you know. It's abbreviation. Abbreviation. It has the table of a, it's an alkali metal uh-huh. or like a gas or a noble. You know, there's a lot of different things that you can do that's just inherently there. Yeah. And the, the other reason I think why a lot of people places do that room is it's very easy to design a set around mm-hmm. and props are very easy to get yeah like we did one recently where they had literally like high school level posters of like here's a plant cell here's an animal cell mm-hmm. and like yeah those are like a dime a dozen in any kind of yeah. school supply store but it makes sense in this place uh-huh. and it, it it takes away from just white wall space yeah yeah and the thing is yeah you can have essentially a white sterile place and, that and fits. it fits. Yeah. Because, like, I should Which, be in a white star. I don't yeah. want to be in a comfy jazz lounge for a science lab. Yeah. Whereas if you do something different, it becomes very, you know, you have to, you know, you can't just do a white room for, say, a serial killer's house. 
That's not going to work. Or Dracula's lair. Yeah, that's not like, going to work. That's not going to fly. But it's easy to do for um, rooms. So that's why I think a lot of them rely on that. Mm -hmm. But once again, what are they bringing new to the table? Yeah. You know, we did a room recently that the one of the only good things about it was we did actually get to mix like... They weren't really chemical compounds. No. They were just probably colored water. But um, but we actually got to use the droppers and stuff. And that's not very common because a lot of rooms, they have to think about, okay, we need to take one group in, move them out, clean up the room, get the next group in. Mm -hmm. And so the, if there's a lot of wet things or things that you know they have to clean up or whatnot, they're not going to want to do that because it's going to take them more setup time. Yeah. So that's why it was kind of interesting that we were actually able to do that and at least, you know, we always say anytime you can physically interact with the room, it's better. It's nice. Yeah. It's very yeah. cool. And, um, you know, just the thing about them that gets a little stale, though, is that, once again, the periodic table is very versatile. Mm -hmm. But, like, as soon as I see one, I know I'm going to use that for something. Hopefully, it's not, yeah. It's not like, uh, like, oh, this picture of the fox that's, like, upside down and there's a weird well on the side, you know, with the goose coming up from the bottom. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what that is, but then later on you have the... Oh, the fox and the goose, they come together to make a dolphin and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, you have that weird revelation. But as soon as I walk into a room and I see a periodic table, I'm like, okay, coming back to that for sure. Yeah, well, and I think that, you know, at least I hope that when these kind of rooms have that, where they have these, like, scientific kind of posters and mm -hmm. stuff, that they're not just for decoration. They should be, they should mean something. They should have something But at the same do. time, how great would it be to have a red herring like that? Like, yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of a, a cheap like oh well we just got this because it looks cool you know true, I don't true. Know. It's but not... but yeah it's just the problem with the science ones is that there's you know there's too much of a automatic like that okay check 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 we're gonna be using this yeah. like you know for a fact it's gonna be a puzzle with a uh -huh. table and yeah actually you know what? yeah to your point. If I went to a science room and there was not a puzzle that used a periodic table, I would feel like something was missing almost. Mm -hmm. It'd be like doing the prison break and not having to pass things back and forth between cells. Like, yeah. why didn't you use that? Yeah, exactly. So I'm kind of like, you know, double-edged sword on this. You know, mm -hmm. like on the one hand, I'm complaining that they do use it. On the other hand, I'd be complaining they didn't use it. So there's really no right answer there. Yeah. Um, so another one that's very overdone, but can be really awesome, but it can also be, you know, not so awesome, are serial killer houses. Yeah, and we're not talking about Friday Steve Pebbles, we're not talking about Captain Crunch, <laughs> we're talking about people who kill other people on a relatively regular basis. Yeah. And the thing is, we've done some awesome serial killer rooms. You know, and we've the, done some terrible The basement LA is one of our favorite rooms. Yeah. So, you know, it's and it's all based on serial killer. The cool thing about that is all of their rooms are part of a story. So you're essentially playing through different chapters of a story, depending mm -hmm. on what room you do. So that's yeah. kind of a cool added element. But those rooms are just really well done. Serial killers aren't always really well done. See, here's the problem with serial killer rooms. It's exciting serial killer rooms because you definitely have a purpose for why you're there mm -hmm. you're there to get out alive if you don't get out in an hour's time or whatever time limit they give you he or she is coming back and they will kill you potentially eat you if they're that kind of killer <laughs> yeah. you know you might be over for dinner tonight you uh -huh. know but the problem is that i think serial killer rooms one of the main things that can easily be forgotten about, but you really have to get right, is the story of the killer. Uh -huh. What is their methodology? Why are they killing people? And, like, you know, all the background knowledge there. Because if you can incorporate that into puzzles well, mm -hmm. then that's great. There was actually this one that we did where you had to find newspaper clippings 
of the serial killer having killed people. Like, oh, over in this town, he killed a woman with an axe. Uh-huh. Over in this town, he killed a woman with a baseball bat mm-hmm. and all that. So, like, he's obviously, like, hitting people with stuff, you know, which is fine, not just shooting them. But then you realize, oh, there's, like, this whole tool shed full of junk, and you have to dig through there and find the axe, which then has a number on it, find the baseball, which then has a thing on it. And that's cool. I like that. Uh-huh. But then other times, it's, like, just, oh, find a picture of his mother, and then there's a pic number on the back. Like, okay, yeah, I get the fact that he's got mommy issues. Like, who doesn't? Uh-huh. But, you know, at the same time, yeah. like, it doesn't get me into the story. You know? Uh-huh, like, yeah. If you can incorporate good, like, story and narrative into the puzzles, mm-hmm. then you've got a good one. Yeah. But otherwise, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I think and I think as with a lot of the other ones, you know, it uses that crux of, oh, well, the reason you have a time limit is because he might come back. That's always the case. He mm-hmm. might come back. Yeah. You know, I think the only one like we said, the basement, it's not he won't come back. He's literally playing with you. And, and he's watching you through cameras. He's essentially saying, I'll let you go if you get out in an hour. But yeah. if not, I'm going to eat you. Which is great because that's like soft. Yeah. Like it, I'm testing you for your intelligence. If you can prove that you deserve to live. Mm-hmm. Have a nice day. Yeah. If not, then I'm going to eat you. You know, kind of thing. There is this movie that I saw and I'm I'm actually thinking about doing it for a future movie date night or other podcast that we do. And it stars Simon Pegg. And it's called Fantastic Fear of Everything. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, I'm not going to give any spoilers to people who haven't seen it, including you, Lauren. But there is a serial killer. And when you discover who the serial killer is, he has no backstory. It's literally, oh, just because I felt like trying it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not because of like some traumatic event or he lost his wife or whatever, whatever. Or just the fact that he's a psychopath. He's like a normal dude who's like, mm, I just... I saw an opportunity. I was like, okay, yeah, we'll give this a go. Mm-hmm. And it's, if I'm in a room that doesn't really give me that narrative, that story, I'm essentially thinking in my head, oh, I'm in this dude's house. <laughs> like, you know, he's just like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I felt like killing someone today. I was bored. It was Thursday. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I thought I'd give this drop, this hobby a try. So another thing that you see a lot in rooms is rooms that kind of rip off other um, movies or things like that that are very popular. Very and dangerous territory. Very dangerous territory. And specifically, the one you see the most often are rip-off versions of Harry Potter. You should say wizards, I think. Wizards, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wizards that are not Merlin, essentially. Wizards that are going to a school and <laughs> yeah. are in houses. and Because, okay, we should say, there is a lot of wizard like layers or wizard studies or whatever wizards, out there but wizard schools tend to come yeah. up a lot and you're right there's a big difference between i am a full-grown wizard who has my own alchemy like like layer uh-huh. and you need to go through my potions and vials and my spell book to do things yeah that's cool that's fine but then to do the actual like Oh, we're at uh, a school that is not fifteen uh, percent different from Hogwarts for legal yeah, reasons, you know. Yeah, exactly. And don't get us wrong; we are huge Harry Potter fans. I would love to see a really well done Harry Potter room that's I would officially love to do approved it. and licensed exactly. by J.K. Rowling and Universal Productions. Yeah, exactly. The problem is these places don't have official licensing, and so they're trying to cut corners and get around things when it's still just obviously Harry Potter. Yeah, you know. And so it's a lot of times they're doing weird things to just kind of relate back to harry potter and it's like well this doesn't really make sense you're just trying to make a harry potter reference yeah and when you try to shoehorn in stuff like that Mm -hmm. just for the fact of like oh it's a picture of a brick wall yeah you know like okay so i'm gonna have to tap it in a certain order then it's like okay but now what's your puzzle to tell me which bricks to tap and then you're Uh gonna give me like sudoku yeah to do (laughs) like you know that's that's not good you know Mm -hmm. and 
it, it kind of like kills my heart a little bit to see like this thing that I love, uh-huh. like kind of trampled by these people who are like, people like Harry Potter, they'll pay money for this. Yeah. We can just do whatever we want. We don't have to care at all. They're going to pay anyways just because they want to prove that they're a wizard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of them, what's funny is, so they'll call it like wizard school or whatever you want. But when you actually get in the room, it's. You know, they'll have the robes, they'll have the colors, they'll have the sorting hat. They'll, they'll have, have a snitch. Yeah, so, and it's just like, okay, you're you're not even trying to, like, just, oh, well, it's a wizard school, but it's different. Like, no, you're clearly doing Harry Potter. You just, for legal reasons, can't use the name. You just can't say those two names. Yeah. Harry or Potter. Mm-hmm. It's Perry Hotter. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's Harry Otter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. We talked yeah. about once, uh, what animal would all the different people be? Yeah. Another one that we see a lot is anything to do with Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes is a fantastic character. Most brilliant man there ever never was. Uh-huh. You know. And I love all his stories. I've read all his stories, you know, uh, when I was in high school and college. You know, we because love I, be- the- I became a big fan for yeah. a little while. We love the TV show. Whichever one. Whether, yeah. You know, whether, like whether the it's the American one or the British one, you know. Yeah. I like the movies, all of them, including Sherlock Holmes' younger little brother. You know, but um, the problem with Sherlock Holmes is that once again, kind of like the diamond heist, he's always getting in trouble himself and you have to be the one to fix it. Yeah. You're always trying to find Sherlock or you're always in his study. Yeah. He's always, he's got so many studies. I know. This guy studies so much, you know, (laughs) and it's like, how do I even start with this? You know, it's. In fact, we're to the point where anytime we see a room that's called a study, we're just like, "Uh, No. no. Here's the thing about studies. They're very easy to design because yeah. you just make it look like a Victorian home. Uh-huh. Done. You get a desk, you get a bookcase. I bet the bookcase will move. Yeah, anytime <laughs> you see a bookcase, oh, that's going to move. That's going to yeah. swing out or it's going to fold in and then go to the side yeah. or whatever, you know. Exactly. It's a it's a dead giveaway, mm-hmm. you know. And I then think- it's usually a lot of reading. Usually you have to find a book, you have to find yeah. the right page, and you have to, like, count the number of words down and the number of letters over, mm-hmm. you know. And I think my favorite moving bookcase was the one that literally I just walked up and was like, this looks like it'll move. And I pushed it and it did. Like, it wasn't Simple. even, like, a puzzle or anything. Not even I a just, latch like, you had to hit. Yeah, you just, I just like, pushed it and it opened. Touch. Oh, yeah, it moves. Yep. <laughs> and then the problem with it is that there's so many, like, convoluted things mm-hmm. that just do not make sense yeah they try to use like they're trying to be like oh well he'd be really smart so let's use this really highfalutin logic but most of the times it's like yeah but that's not logical that's a jump there's so many logic jumps there's a difference between okay like if you look at this and then you see the tiny little thing here and then you make the connection to this and then blah 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 that's fine Uh like at least there's a path to follow but usually with these, yeah, they think like, oh, Sherlock was super smart. He would have figured this out anyways. So we can take huge leaps and yeah. bounds. And then like the reason you didn't get it is because you're not Sherlock. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, we've talked a lot and we were talking a lot about this in a recent room we did um, is there's a difference between something being difficult or hard mm-hmm. and something being nonsensical and using logic leaps. Yeah. But just because something uses crazy logic leaps, it doesn't mean that it's a difficult room or that it's it's hard. It means that it's not done well. Yeah. You know, and that's the difference. If you tell me, oh, well, a lot of people don't escape this room. Well, that might not actually be a good thing. It might mean that your room's not very good. Yeah. We did a room uh, recently where we had this combination with four letters on it. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't figure out for the life of us what anything was. And then finally, like, they're like, oh, did you check the ID badge of the person there? Like, no. Why should I? Yeah. Like, and sure enough, like the person's name on the badge goes to the 
combination lock, uh-huh. but there was nothing on this combination lock that said that it belonged to that technician. Yeah, and it there didn't was nothing make sense. on that technician's thing that said it would go to this box. Yeah. There was nothing pointing the two halves to each other. Mm-hmm. So unless I'm going to go through and just like holding the four combination lock in my hand and just be like, what here starts with an A, F, G, M, Q, P, or R? Mm-hmm. That's four letters. And you'd be like, I don't know, million yeah. things. Pick your, Take your pick. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it made no sense because, okay, so you're in a lab. Why is this lockbox, the combination is one of the doctor's names? Why? Like don't worry about it, guys. But this is going to be a, a escape room report. One. Yeah, <laughs> but like... Like you said, what, you know, if it was somehow we knew, oh, well, this is her desk or her box or something like that, but we didn't. Yeah, like there was nothing like that. It's literally a little black box that we found. Mm -hmm. And then her name badge was like somewhere in like some lab coat, like not even near that little black box. Uh And there there was no way to connect that. So there's a huge logic leap. Like I'm not, and like I said, it's not like even on the box, it says like my name is, you know, or whatever. And it wasn't supposed to be like even her office. It was a shared lab space. So (laughs) So it's like, I don't know, like, you know, like, okay, like her name is like mary let's just mm-hmm. say so like, it could have been mary it could have been rats there's rats in the room it could have been you know like we're trying to find a cure for something it could have been that it could have been the word pure like we're trying to purify things it could have been who knows yeah you know yes um and you see that most often in sherlock rooms they you see these logic leaps you see you know these kind of nonsensical things as oh well you're just not as smart as sherlock no it just doesn't make sense yeah. like that's all because the- at least sherlock can back up his claims whenever you yeah. do read the books you're like, how did you get there? And he goes, oh, it's because the dog didn't bark when the guy walked by. So that means the dog knows him. Okay, at least you backed up like how you got there, you know. Yeah. But here it's like, no, just because. Yeah, I think, and you know, I think one of the reasons Sherlock Holmes is done very often is also you don't have to have the copyright for it. It's public domain. That yeah, it's old. So exactly, it's, it's old. It's public domain, and it's once again a character people recognize, people who are fans. And like- and, and it life. makes sense in the puzzle searching world. Yeah. You know? I'm not going to do a Mr. Magoo escape room anytime soon <laughs> because people don't know that character yeah. uh, and you, they don't like him too much anymore because yeah. who cares about Mr. It, Magoo It would anymore? be kind of like if we tried to do a Tintin one in Can America. Can you imagine a Mr. Magoo? You have to wear these big old glasses that, that are like, totally to like not your prescription. Yeah. <laughs> and all the puzzles are based on accidents. Like <laughs> There's so many lawsuits happening that, right? right there. You have to purposely trip over something. Um, you know, I think the reason all of these, like we said, these can be good. It's just because you see a room that is a prison break room does not necessarily mean it's going to be a bad room. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason we see all these over and over again is because they are easier to do. Mm-hmm. They And so I think a lot of times these escape rooms that do rooms like this are lacking creativity and that's why they fall back onto these same old same old themes yeah there's literally kits that some companies sell that's like here's your prison escape kit yeah buy this from us for like i don't know what the price is a thousand dollars and then we'll tell you what puzzles to set up and how yeah exactly and then essentially just your job to decorate it like that's you know but if if they're so easy to mass market like that Mm -hmm. then it's hard to find a good one yeah you know it's it's essentially there's a million different generic brands, but there's always that there's only that one or two good brands. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know how to research or like parse out, you know the good ones from the bad ones. Good luck. Mm-hmm. It's like you're playing Minesweeper and super hard. Yeah. You know. <laughs> okay. So speaking of escape rooms, we should move on to our escape room report. I feel like we kind of just did one. I know, right? We'll go and I think talk more in greater detail about the slab one that we we were referring. To. Yeah, we we have a couple more coming up, but right now we're going to talk about a different room. Yeah. So escape room report, go. <laughs>
So this, um, this escape room report is a special one because we got to do a room that really hits on Greg's um, inner geekdom. Yes. Extraordinarily well. Hit a really close Right up your there. alley. <laughs> and that is, we did a room with, it's called Exit Game. That is the room, uh, the location. And we did their um, room, An Hour to Kill. 007, James Bond, da 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 <laughs> I loved the theme. Yes. We were deciding what room to choose. Yes, because they have several. They have And I'll tell five. you what, I was like, okay, they have kind of like a wizard school one that sounds like, listen, guys, I'd want to be a total, like, you know, group hog. <laughs> but, like, I will campaign up and down as hard as I can for an hour to kill James Bond. Just so that I can say I did a James Bond yeah. escape room. Thank you very much. And what's interesting is they actually use the whole 007 James Bond. So I don't know if they somehow have purchased rights and to they, it or they what. Have but... the, they have the font. Mm -hmm. They have the actual silhouette logo of James Bond doing his cross-legged uh -huh. stance. The Sean Connery one. They where he the, has the, yeah. the Walther PPK up to his chin. And kind they of. have like the whole 007, like that logo. Yeah, too. and they have the gun barrel. Yeah. You know? And they have tons of direct references in the... Uh, in the room, which we'll talk about, but even the title, An Hour to Kill, that's a view to a kill. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And believe me, I was counting the references. <laughs> yeah. I was checking them off in my head like, there's this one, there's that one. You yeah. Know? So this room was kind of fun in a sense that, um, so, well, we did, okay, so there was four of us going. And we did get paired with two strangers. You thought it was like a Zoe again, didn't you? You think, oh, Melissa and Phil's going to show up again. No, because I, I, we didn't know at the time that we were going to be paired with someone else. We didn't know until we got there. Yeah. Um, and it, so it turned out, though, these were two guys who they were, they're also enthusiasts. So that was good. We didn't mm -hmm. have another, like, newbie situation. It's um, my first one. Yeah. And they were actually, um, had come down from the Bay Area to do a bunch of escape rooms. They were just going to do, like, a whole weekend of escape rooms. So that was kind of cool. Fantastic. We would love to do that. <laughs> Um, so what was kind of funny about this room is, so you are initially let in and you are handcuffed, which we have never been handcuffed. In. Yeah, they they're like, who wants to like be a special top? Me, me, yeah, you me, are the me, me. One. That's me. That's <laughs> me. And I even told them like, if this room, if having pre pre knowledge about James Bond the franchise helps you with this room, I will get out in five minutes. Yeah, like I can name you all the movies, all the years in order, mm -hmm. all the actors, you know, all of that. They're like, ah, that's not really gonna... okay. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they take us in, and like, yeah, they sent me down in this chair, and they handcuff me, and they kind of lead us all in one by one. Yeah. And it's like as soon as you come in, like, oh, we're getting handcuffed. Hi, Lauren. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, the only problem I had with the handcuffs, although I was like, hmm, this seems like a fire issue. Yeah. But, um. Solve was, it faster. Solve it faster. Yeah. Was um when after he locked them, I was kind of trying to mess with it to see if I could like get out somehow, and I accidentally like made it tighter. <laughs> So when that's why you don't try to mess with it. Yeah. So when our friend, because basically what it was is we had to kind of do this whole like pass the key thing. Mm -hmm. So when our friend got to it to unlock me, I'm like, hurry! It's like starting to be very uncomfortable. It hurts, yeah. <laughs> and the real annoying thing is that um, uh, the key that unlocked everyone else did not unlock me. So you, so had you all wait. got to experience the room before I did. You I had to. Go, oh, we found the key. And someone's like, maybe we don't unlock Greg. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we leave him in the room. Maybe we we go like, oh, Greg, they have all this cool stuff that you would love, but you don't get to yeah. see. And what, the other thing that was funny about that is, so they're getting everyone unlocked. So I was the first one, or our friend was got out first, and then she was unlocking everyone. Mm -hmm. So I was the first one to, like, not have a job to do, but be unlocked. So they're like, look around the room. So I'm looking around, and there's one door that's clearly at, like, a, an emergency exit. So not touching touch that it. one. Um, and then there's, like, this video playing, but I can't really hear what he's saying. And there's just this button on the wall. So I was like, 
going to push the button. <laughs> and that ended up, like, releasing and letting us out. But it was kind of like, I feel like we missed something because we, I couldn't really hear what they were saying. And I just was like, well, and okay. push the button. Here's what I thought was weird. Mm -hmm. So this room uses a lot of direct James Bond themes, yeah. which makes me think that they must have somehow got a licensing for it. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't be... The, the the amount that they use and directly take they from would the franchise, they, they would be like done forever. Yeah. Because James Bond itself has been damaged by licensing issues. Like uh -huh. they they could not use Spectre or Blofeld for like years, uh -huh. even decades, because of licensing issues. Their own character, because some of the guys like, no, technically I have the rights for that. I'm not gonna let you guys use it. Yeah. So like the fact that they let an escape room do that is questionable to me and okay so they have this intro video with quote unquote james bond or at least a double agent yeah i don't think it's supposed to be james bond i think yeah, it's I think supposed, supposed to be a double agent yeah. he there he's there and he has this martini and he goes vibrated not swirled yeah. like shaken not stirred which of course he also said backwards he said swirled not vibrate i'm like no like, i get where you're going but it's also backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Put that the other way. And that's going to be my new catchphrase. Whenever I get a drink, I'm going to say vibrated, not swirled. Yeah. And then you also had a problem because later on, you are basically able to call the different James Bond characters. Yes, which and was cool. They had, you, um, you're given a, a telephone like yeah. numbers book, you know, of uh -huh. like, oh, here's this friend's number, and it's just initials. Yeah. So obviously, you need to call JB for James Bond. And like that gives you a clue. But they have other ones in there, like SC. And you know, uh, TD, and I'm like, who? Oh, and I'm like, I bet you these are the bombs. Yeah, and as you call them, it's it's recordings of the different. Bombs. It's like Sean Connery saying, like, yes, my penny, you yeah, know, kind of thing. But they, one of the initials they had wrong. Yeah, great. What really? Oh, I had a problem because I'm like, who is DB? Yeah. I'm like, you know, Sean Connery, George Lazenby, going in order: Roger yeah. North, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig. That's the six, unless you count like some of the other ones, but like none of them's DB. So I call it DB and it's Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. And I'm like, PB. That's my favorite bond. <laughs> like that's my, that's my, like my first bond and my forever bond. <laughs> you, when I got out of the room, I'm like, I was a great room. I had a great time. But you got that wrong. I, can I point out one little mistake that you have? It's it's supposed to be PB, not DB. And the guy looked at me like, who cares? And I'm like, I care. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. It was pretty funny. He like did not care at all. And Greg was like, ah. I'm like, it's, and he's like, well, maybe the researchers or the writers. I'm like, no, it's it's one lip. Get some white out. You yeah, know, just, yeah. Um, so I'll fix it. Obviously, I don't, I don't want to give too much away about this room because we did. I, I think this room was pretty good. It had um, a lot of fun mechanics. I think we tend to give away more spoilers about rooms that we don't like just because we're like, nah, you know, you should know this. Um, but I will say, like, one of the things, I think this room, the design, the, like, how it was designed and the look of it was really great. Okay, yeah, you feel like you're in a British office, mm -hmm. you know, with, like, a little fireplace and a desk and everything. And there's, like, the, what's the flag called? The Union Jack, Yeah, the right? Union Jack. There's a big British flag there. And there's even, like, little, like, keepsakes from, uh -huh. like, previous missions. So yeah. that's fun. And they have little references here. Like, at one point, you open up this room and there's, like, an armory. Yeah, like, in that glass I cases. really liked it. Like, it looked really professional, like, too. Yeah, so, like, if you've ever seen the movie... Um, uh, the Kingsman. Yeah, it's like you know that, yeah. where like you're. He's in the 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 tailor shop, and then uh -huh. the thing opens up, and there's all all these guns on a nice wooden display case. Yeah, it's exactly like that. And of course, one of them is painted gold, uh -huh. so it's the golden gun. Yeah. You know, it doesn't look anything like the golden gun from the movie. But that's besides <laughs> the point. There's also a thing like a little viewport you have to look through, that's and below it, that scans your eyes, and below it, it says on a like inscription plate for your eyes only. And I'm like. <laughs> 
Uh, there's yeah. a computer later on that has the Spectre logo on it, which mm-hmm. uh, anyone who knows what that is, like the Octopus logo, yeah. would recognize it instantly, and I would. Because uh-huh. I literally that day had ordered myself a ring, a Spectre ring. It hasn't uh-huh. come in the mail yet, but I'm hoping to get it soon. There's also uh, lasers. Um, there was... Okay, no, so... th- okay, but yeah, that's the cool thing, is every... Th- this is one of those rooms that has multiple rooms. Yes. Where it keeps progressing more. Mm-hmm. There's some things that kind of, like, feel too tacked in. Like, there's this giant, like, s- like calendar wheel thing that you have to yeah, turn. Yeah, that didn't Or, like, sense. a clock or yeah. something. That felt out of place. You could have done something else, uh-huh. you know? But then, of course, there's another thing where, like, there's a portrait of the queen, and you have to... There's something behind that portrait. Yeah. That's fine. But, um... They have the main study room. They have the kind of hidden armory. Uh, and then they have the cool, like, it almost felt like laser-like vault diamond heist thing. Yeah. Where there's a thing in the middle that, like, you easily could have just put a giant diamond on and, uh, like, oh, you're thieves stealing this. So I kind of feel like maybe this room was repurposed from that. Maybe. But at the same time, who cares? It looks cool. Yeah, it looked really cool. I was I was down. The, the thing I really liked about this room, so this room, it had a couple, like, kind of physical interactions where we had to interact with the room in different ways. Yeah. But one of the things I liked about it is, first of all, you could not get a sense of the layout. You had no idea, like, oh, I'm going to progress into here, and then I'm going to go into the next room by going through this. Yeah. Like, it was very kind of odd. Um, at one point, you essentially have to climb into something, and then someone on the outside has to push you. That was very cool. That was it's really like, cool. without giving away any spoilers, uh-huh. as much as I can, it's like, imagine, like, a sideways moving elevator. Yeah. But, like someone has to push you or pull you. There's no actual mechanism to do it. Uh So essentially it's like, I'm telling you and someone else, climb in, give me a little knock when you're ready and I'll push you like almost like a, Uh like a rickshaw kind of thing, like pulling you, you know, and like, okay, like let's go. Yeah. So that, that was kind of And then I had to sit there and wait until like, cause I can't quite hear you. Uh huh. I I, I don't know if you know this cause you, you went with one of the other guys, but like when you coming back, I couldn't quite hear you. I could just barely hear muffled voices Uh inside. So I'm like, I guess they're here and ready. So I started going, but it's like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So that was really cool. Like I liked how, it was surprising what would open and take us to another mm-hmm. room. Um, and also, it really gave that sense of hidden passages. Yeah. You know? And, and of course, you know, I liked all the references to James Bond. Yeah. I mean, they had a lot of references to the movies, like I've already said. They had a few, like, oh, like, it's a cool watch. James Bond always has a cool watch. Mm-hmm. It always does something, you know. Yeah. Uh, the little audio things, you know. Um but I just wish there was a bit more because going back and counting it, there's really only four movies they directly reference. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have a license, have the license. Yeah. You know, go for it. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like they, there also could have been a couple more puzzles in the room as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. One, I, my main issue with the room is one, at one point, like we said, there's lasers. It looks awesome, but the lasers do nothing. You, yeah. It's not like you have to get around them in any way. I thought it would have been fun if, like, every time you trip a laser, you lose 10 seconds. Yeah, or what I would have liked is if the, yeah, like like you said, if you trip them, you lose seconds. I would have liked if the lasers kind of, like, came on and went off. So you constantly so you were like, ooh, yeah. ooh, I'm just, you know, I have to stay on the side of the room As much now. as I would personally like to do that that scene from Entrapment <laughs> yeah. with, um, Zeta-Jones. with Captain Zeta-Jones and Sean, and Sean Connery, who is a Bond. Yes. As much as I think that'd be cool, I don't see a lot of people being able to have the flexibility to do that. Yeah. So I think I like your idea like better. Like a start-stop like, thing. It's a start-stop. It'll be like off. And like, it, there's no signal. It just, it goes in a pattern of like three seconds, three yeah, seconds. Yeah. Know? So I think that's a cool idea. But yeah, there wasn't any of that. And mm. there was one puzzle that was interesting. That was a, something unique that we haven't seen yet. But I still argue about how you solve it or not. 
Yeah, well, I think, you know, part of the problem is, you know, it was kind of good that we had, we had, you know, two other enthusiasts. So we didn't have like newbies that we had to, you know. So these guys have seen their own puzzles and they yeah. know how stuff works. I think the only problem with that, and this is one of the things that we've, we've mentioned when you do rooms where you get paired with strangers, is there was a little bit of a power dynamic of they were very used to doing rooms, just the two of them. And they weren't used to having other people who, you know, so they were kind of trying to either take over mm. or things like that. And I think at one point, one of them was not relaying instructions properly to no. us. And he didn't understand how it was supposed to work. And we were all like, I don't think this is how it works. But he wasn't willing to listen to other people's ideas because he felt, I'm in the leadership position. Yeah. I am the one calling the Yeah, shots. like at one point, he basically, there's kind of like this color thing you have to do. I don't think that's giving anything away. And he, well, we, we were getting you can it. Even say you're supposed to push like colored buttons. Yeah, it's kind of like a Simon Says. Yeah, it's kind of like that, except it's divided into three different stations. Yeah. So there's a station on the left, a station on the right, a station in the middle. But these stations are each easily six feet apart from each other. Yeah, so it's very hard to see what the one person is seeing on the screen. So one person has to relay and, yeah, to the other. And there's another fourth station where it's a screen telling you what buttons you need to push. Yeah. So basically, you rely on one person to relay to the others. And we were having it. A kind of an issue on figuring out what it was we were supposed to be doing and so at one point he said well maybe you need to push all of the buttons that correspond like you know it's a sequence of say red is used a couple times push all the buttons that are red that it, it shows in that sequence and i was like that's literally all of them that's not going to be the answer yeah. i don't think like, that, i don't think the answer is to smash your entire torso and, against yeah the wall. and i'm kind of like you know we'll do it but i'm telling you this isn't going to be the answer yeah. and then <laughs> and then the thing is too like like I said, there's three different stations. And sometimes mm -hmm. you have to make purples. So you have to hit blue and red at the same time. Yeah. But like he was thinking that we needed to do this like as quickly as the images are flashing yeah, on the screen. Yeah, it wasn't that. And I was trying and I told him like, dude, like it's supposed to be solvable with two people. And two people couldn't do it. There what is he was physically no way because at some points you have to do like blue and red and then also blue and green. Which is like even further away, yeah. And then red and green, and like there's no way that two people, there's no way three people could do this because at one, because we had six people, two people on one color, two uh -huh. people on one color, me by myself on one, and then this dude was calling the shots, yeah. And I'm like, I'm having trouble finding a way to push nine buttons at once because mm -hmm. these buttons are big, like each button's the size of a grown person's yeah. hand, yeah. And then they're spaced out like pretty far, so like. Even me trying to smash my chest against it and like put my arms to the side to hit, yeah. it's not happening. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So that was it. Was just like there was a little bit of dynamic issue there with trying too many too many cooks in the kitchen, maybe. Yeah, and and the other thing is that it was weird. At one point, there's almost like two stages to that same puzzle. Uh huh. The second stage is like a timed thing, and it gives you a progress tracker on the side of the board that says like, okay, you've you've gotten this far like you gotta uh -huh. get you gotta put the thing up and like if you don't get it in time then your progress drops that's fair and i get that you know but for the other the first half of it there's no yeah. no way to tell if you're if you're making it or not if you're mm -hmm. doing progress like for all we know we're right for all we know we're wrong yeah. until we finally got to that stage two we were like i, I guess we did something <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that i think that there was a little bit and i think he was also then getting frustrated because we weren't understanding what he wanted us to do so then that kind of came to play where he was having a hard time. You and know? it's just, I feel like I should have said, like, switch. Yeah, you know, but, yeah. But at the same time... I, it's hard because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and you don't, Well, that's the know. thing. I was kind of reading him, like, socially. And uh -huh. I kind of got the sense that he would not appreciate or he would resist if I said switch. Yeah. And if I asked to switch positions, like, I will take over being leader and you push the buttons. Uh-huh. If he says no... 
Mm-hmm. Then we have a real problem. Yeah, I mean, it, and I will say that the other guy, though, he was really cool, and we didn't have any problems with no. him. In fact, at one point, um, one of us needed to go back into the other room, so I volunteered to go, and he was and like, he was like, I'll go. He's too. like, do you want to go with me? And I'm like, okay, I'll get shut in this little box with you, <laughs> you know, a stranger. I'll, and I'll push you guys there. <laughs> yeah, I was pushing you away from me in our yeah. relationship. <laughs> have fun with your new husband. <laughs> um, so like we had no dynamic issue with him. I think you it, you could definitely tell like of the two of them, maybe the other guys more of the leader when they get to those rooms. Mm-hmm. So there was that. You know, I think we've we've done enough with strangers now that we kind of know how to like. Okay, I'm I'm going to make this a group thing, and I'm not going to take over. Or you know, well, and I was purposely just, doing that because yeah. Once again, I you know, whenever we play with strangers, I've said this on a previous episode. I like to learn their names and use their names yeah. and get them involved. So I would say to, I'm just going to make up names right here. Yeah, I don't remember I would, what their names were actually. No, I still remember. <laughs> I would this this is not their names, but I'd say, hey Charlie, come look at this. You know, I think this might be something. Uh-huh. Do you want to work on this with me? Or and he, sure, and he'd come over. Yeah. Or like, hey, you know, Daniel, come check this thing out. Uh-huh. You know, or like. I need your help. I don't know yeah. what I'm doing. You know, even though I maybe did. You know, yeah. just to like, because I don't want to be the hog that like take everything over. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think it's it's one of those that you purposely read it and you don't try to be the leader unless it's clearly there's no direction someone needs to be the leader. Exactly. You kind of like okay, I'm. And gonna, like granted, I'm in that this. in that button puzzle at the end, you need someone to be the leader to yeah, call out what, what yeah. they see. But at the same time, like you're not really working as leader. Yeah. And I think, you know, when it comes to like our group of either four or six um, that we do, you know, we've all played enough rooms together too where we, you know, if you say, here, let's switch. I accept the fact that, Yeah, no one's going to get mad about it or anything. It's going to, you know, because we've done that many times where it's like, I'm not getting this. Let's switch. You get your eyes on this. Maybe you'll see this different. And then also, I know the limits of like, if if, if I say to you, Let's switch. Mm-hmm. And you say, no, no, hold on. Give me another second. Yeah. I know. That I'm. That yeah. like, okay, I will give you another second. Yeah. You know, or versus like, if you say like, oh, fine, whatever, you know, like, uh-huh. okay, maybe you're frustrated, but like, you're willing to switch. You yeah. Know? But with someone like an unknown like this. You don't know how they'll react. I don't know where your level is. I don't know what your level is going to be. Mm-hmm. And once I find out what your level is and like how you react. I don't quite know where that falls. Yeah. Like, I can maybe have an educated guess, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, you know, maybe I can push you one more time. Like, no, seriously, like, we need to switch. Or maybe, like, me even suggesting a second time is, yeah, like, something's going to blow up. Yeah. You know? So, like, that was kind of the only, like, kind of issue we had in that room. It does have a very great finish, though. Yes. It has a great end. Can we talk we about that? Um. Okay, I would just say this. Everyone finishes. Mm-hmm. And probably the same way you know they kind of come out yeah and everything's there i went last no oh, yeah. and i and i had a moment to think about this thinking i just did a james bond room yeah because everyone exits the room one at a time yeah they have to you know yeah. there's no way to not exit the room one at a time it's almost like going through a turnstile yeah at that at amusement park or something you have so, to crawl through something let's just say yeah sure um, so I'm thinking to myself, I'm like the last one, I'm like, I just did a James Bond room and we just crushed this. Yeah, we did crush We it. got it done in like 25 minutes or yeah, something Yeah, like they that. were like, even the, we, we ended up on the leaderboard and even like the people who worked there were like kind of impressed. They were like, wow. Because of my James Bond knowledge. <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking they're like, how do I want to do this? So like, I decided I'm going to come out with a little bit of flair. <laughs> so I, I, I managed to come out and essentially without spoiling anything, 
as I come out, I like I'm already in a pose <laughs> as I'm kind of going through the turnstile. Yeah. And I'm like, oh hi guys. <laughs> Fancy seeing you here. What's funny is so you exit out into the lobby and they have a really big lobby. In fact, they have it set up almost like um a little game room or something, which is kind of cool. Very cool. Um but the only problem is one of their other rooms, they have the screen there for where that room kind of starts, where you're getting like your, introduction your, video. your debrief or whatever. We totally distracted this one room. Like, because they weren't they were expecting all, us to come down yet. Yeah, they were all like watching us exit the room. It was kind of funny. <laughs> oh, sorry. Are you trying to learn about your... I just finished mine because I am awesome yeah. and, I, and I absolutely positively destroyed that room. Yeah. Not in like in a damaging way, but you know, because I'm that good. Yeah. Yeah, I think we got out with like at least... 25 if not 30 minutes remaining on the yeah. clock we got Wait, out like here's the other thing i did like about this room but i will say i was although we did that it was a good room and i didn't feel cheated at all because we got out early that's what i was gonna say yeah, yeah. it was well done the puzzles worked i mean we had to use some things in ways that were not expected mm -hmm. like at one point there's a puzzle that we cannot reach physically yeah. it's like how do we do this and actually it was one of the other guys charlie who's like what if we use this item yeah. to reach that? I'm like, that freaking that's works. Why that's and there. of course, not to put this guy down, but he was a bit of a shorter man. Yeah. And he, he made the he, comment. He made the comment. He made the comment, not us. Yeah. But he's like, why is the shortest guy in the room doing the one we yeah. have to reach the puzzle like was, at the top of the ceiling? He was shorter than all of us, poor guy. And, and, I, was, and, I, and I was sitting right next to him like, dude, like, the rule is if you find the puzzle, you solve the puzzle. Yeah, you found it. Like, dude. you know, you keep what you kill kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, but we've had that before where we've finished rooms and been like, oh, is that it? And mm. you kind of feel cheated because you paid for an hour. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to use that hour, but, you know, you feel like, oh, well, I didn't really get enough out of this. Yeah. With this one, although we finished fast, I felt like we got enough out. I just felt like we were on our end game. We crushed that room. Like, I felt good. I yeah. didn't feel, like, cheated at all. Yeah. The one thing I thought was a little bit of a cheat, though, was mm. at the end when you triggered the final sequence, like... Oh, whatever time you had left, five minutes remaining. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get that. Like, I was like, what if you then didn't get out? I, I said, like, I would stay under protest. Like, I would stay here for yeah. 10 minutes because I clearly had more than that. Because this room, we actually did have a clock in there. Like, I wanted, yeah. like at some place or another, I remember, like, yeah. we knew how much time we had left, uh -huh. realistically. And then all of a sudden, it just cuts down to five minutes. I'm like, well, first of all, that would be a godsend if you were really winding down, like, you got one minute left. Yeah, and then you trigger that happens? like free time. You yeah, know? I don't know what happens then. Yeah, I'd assume you get bonus time because five minutes left. Maybe you know? unless it does something different, or unless they just maybe it's just like it does. But the thing is, they didn't seem like they knew we were coming because we were coming down yeah. and we surprised that other group. Yeah, so I don't think they knew we were coming. I think that automatically triggers five minutes left. Yeah. So hey, if you got two seconds left and you get to that point, five minutes left. So you <laughs> yeah. know, it's like bonus. But I was kind of like, what if you have like. 30 minutes left, like how we did. Let it run out. And No, I still have 20 minutes. I mean, my clock says 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, sir. You can go away. <laughs> I'm going to stay in here and enjoy this laser show. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, will, I will say that they have um, four other rooms. And I'm definitely... Some of like, which look very interesting. Yeah, like their wizard school. I mean, obviously, it's Harry Potter, guys. It had a snitch in the door. Yeah, but um, we've done another Harry Potter room that this... Okay, this location, this was one of our, our worst rooms This was our done. first room, wasn't it? No, it was like oh, no, our second, second room. or third. Yeah, it was, yeah. for one of our friends, it was her first. Um, this, that room was illegally using the Harry Potter. Literally illegally. They got a cease and desist yeah, order. Yeah, and they had to change the name of it. 
Um, also, it was a really cruddy room. It was a terrible room. So, like, In every I, sense I really would like to do, like, I, I want to do a good wizard do, Yeah, I want to do a good Harry Potter themed room. And I do appreciate that this one, they call it the, you know, School of Sorcery. They change certain things. It's very clearly Harry Potter, but they at least are not trying to completely rip them off. Yeah. Which that's my problem is I'm like, if you don't have the intellectual property, don't use it. It's not yours. Which, once again, that's the only hesitant thing I have about the room that we did in Hour to Kill is... Did you guys really have? I feel the... like they had to have because I they don't... would have gotten called no, on. No, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, it's just so blatant. There's another room that they have there though that I looks interesting. We're looking at the website right now, uh-huh. and there's a poster right in the middle that says the AI. Yeah, and it looks like it's got like a cybernetic brain and almost like a Tron kind mm-hmm. of thing. It, it just looks very, very cool. Yeah, and I would be interested to try that. And actually. It says it's got a decent pass rate of 40%. What was yeah. the James Bond pass rate? I'm just curious um, now. Can you... Oh, the James Bond pass rate was only 35, so it'd be about the same difficulty. Yeah. And like we said, we didn't feel cheated out of time. We we felt that it was a fun yeah. time. Yeah, and I mean, we had, you know, you, we had us four. This was, I think, our 39th escape room that we've done. Something like so that. So yeah. we had us four who are very experienced, and then we were paired with two other very experienced players. Mm-hmm. So the chances that we're going to crush the room are very high, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> but yeah, they have several rooms, and I will say, like, from seeing the James Bond room, like, the theming was really on point. Yeah, they did a great um, job there. It looked really cool, so I would definitely be interested to um, see their other room. They're in a kind of interesting space to where, like, their rooms can be strangely laid out. So you don't, you know, because some of them you're in an office building and you kind of know, oh, well, it's going to be that room, that room. The rooms are just going to progress. But this like, one, you know. it's like the room shapes were kind of confusing. And yeah, like, you had no idea. I was no like, idea. where am I going now? Yeah, yeah exactly. How much more can this open up? There's one that I'm seeing right now that also looks interesting called the Villain's Lair, <laughs> yeah. where you get out of a North Korean jail. Yeah. Kind of wanting to go check that. We might have to go there and just, like, do the other ones. Yeah, we might. It's in kind of a cool, like, it's a bit of a drive for us where it is, but it's in kind of this cool, um, like, Asian neighborhood with all these, like, restaurants and stuff, so. And we're always down for some good noodles. Yeah, we went to a really good ramen place afterwards, so that was fun. And we actually went to that, um, that Hawaiian supermarket. Yes, our friends have a really They had the thing. saddest pet shop there <laughs> pet shop. it yes. was the seafood section yeah and they had like all these tanks full of live animals yeah and it's like crabs on crabs on crabs and all that and i'm like all oh, the bottom ones must be dead from all the weight of yeah. the crabs on top of them yeah yeah um our friends have a real big thing for um any kind of like korean or asian supermarket mm-hmm. and so if you follow us on instagram you've definitely seen a couple of our adventures to those places yeah and i like to squish all the packages that's my favorite thing <laughs> I can't take you anywhere. I know. <laughs> and I had a very interesting bathroom experience there. So <laughs> I didn't even trust it. I was like, yeah. I, I, I kind of needed help. I, had... I was like, no, yeah. I, I'm going to wait. I've never seen so many signs on how to use a bathroom before. It was interesting. You'd be surprised how many people don't know. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, so, yeah, we definitely need to go back there. Probably, I would say if we go back there, we'll probably knock out at least two more rooms, if not more. Mm-hmm. Because they, they're all right there. Um, they're part of the um, LA Escape Room Passport. That's why we ended up going there. Um, and they do also have a lo- location in San Diego. They have a couple of the same rooms at their San Diego location, but they don't have all of them. So, for instance, they do they don't, have any different ones? Um, I didn't see any different ones, but they don't have yet. They have the AI one, they have a lab one, and they have their villains layer. Okay. So they don't have the um, sorcerer's room, and they don't have the one that we did. So you mean they room. don't have the two with intellectual properties? <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah. Right. 
Um, so they don't have those two down there. So that's something that, you know, if you are in the San Diego area, you might can take into consideration. I would highly recommend it. I think this place, I mean, granted, we only went based upon one sample. True. And as we've seen in other places, that, yeah. sometimes they can have one good room and a bunch of really bad rooms. But I would recommend this company. What's the, what's the company again? The please? company is called The Exit Game. I would recommend them. Yeah, I, I think, think they they're know what worth they're doing. checking out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would definitely recommend that room. So, as always, it is time for our Friday favorites. And possibly we may have the same one this week. We will see. I might choose yeah. one opposite just to, like, yeah. spite you. So, this is a recent purchase we had, and we just got a chance to play it. And I think it's been both on, on both of our minds. And I know the people we played it with, it's been on their minds. Because they literally told us that they went home and couldn't stop talking about it. And that is time. Time stories. stories. Yes. <laughs> yes. High five. I, I would say that we really like that game. Oh, I really love that game. <laughs> I love that game. Now, here's the thing. You had wanted that story or that game for a while. Yeah. I looked at it. And I said, I don't know what this is. This is stupid. I disregarded it. Yeah. Well, I apologize to you. Yeah. Well, see, originally, you know, I'd seen it for a while. I think the first time I saw it may have been at um, Game Hoss in L.A. It's a mm -hmm. game cafe. Yeah. And um, and I remember seeing it and being like, what is this? The thing with um, Time Stories is it has a very generic, very, um, it's kind of just a white box with sort of like this, I don't know, machine looking thing on the bottom. Yeah. Like, like um, almost looks like alien technology or something. Yeah. And, and that's kind of it. And so you don't really know what it's about. And it just happened um, online at one point. And I, I, so I was curious because it did pique my curiosity, but it wasn't enough to like really search into it because it was so, you know, vague. Mm -hmm. And then I just happened to see um, online one day a picture of some of the player cards and was like, oh, I really like that artwork. And mm -hmm. so I started looking into it more. And that's what made me kind of want to get the game. And I mean, it's a very cool thing that comes with this one without any spoilers, where you're going to an asylum in the early 20th century. Uh-huh, that's the game it comes And with. all the artwork for it looks really cool. You can see, like, you're going to play as mental patients mm -hmm. and stuff like that, you know, whatever. Um, the game itself is very interesting in that it has really replayability. Yeah. Like, pretty much you are time travelers who only have so much time because you're essentially doing an avatar-like thing where you're in, uh -huh. your, you're in your little pod yeah. in the whatever century... And you are projecting your consciousness, your mind, into the body of someone else. Yeah. But you only have so long that you can do that for before the system's like, time's up, and then kicks you back. Yeah. And so what's interesting is that it, I really don't believe, and this is me really have thought of it for a long time mm -hmm. now, because we played this just last week, and we really yeah. want to play it again. I really don't believe that you can do one of these missions your first try out because they don't yeah. nearly give you enough time. Yeah. But the cool thing about it is the game encourages you to do it again because as soon as you lose, just because you ran out of time or for whatever reason, it then gives you like, oh, no, no, okay, you messed up. Remember what you did right. Remember what you did wrong. Mm -hmm. Go back again. And the game sets up and like can reset itself very easily because all the cards are labeled well. Uh -huh. So you can put them back in the right order again. Yeah. And then you remember like, okay, if I go talk to the guy with the hat, 
waste of time. Mm-hmm. If I go talk to the woman with the umbrella, she gives me something good, but is that worth getting? Yeah. It's not important, but it helps. Mm-hmm. And also the thing is, too, you know, oh, well, I could go talk to her, but she's just going to tell me to go over here. So I don't need to go talk to her. I can just go there. I can just go here. And yeah, so time. that's how you start to save time. And also what's kind of cool, I think, you know, there's other storylines that come in, like, expansions. Mm-hmm. Like we said, the the box comes with this um, a sane asylum thing. But what's cool is the idea of you're jumping into an insane character. Yeah. And so, and the people you are meeting are insane asylum patients most of the time, mm-hmm. or doctors or nurses or whatever. And so there that was that one a, doctor that I talked to that pulled me to the corner and said he wanted to quote talk. Yeah. I don't think he was a doctor. No. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, there were characters that you might talk to who literally are just crazy and they're just going to be a, a, um, a distraction and suck your time down. You take a chance and you waste time on things. And so you know next time, don't go talk to him. He, he's not going to do anything for but us. But Lauren, he said a key word that I thought meant that he yeah. was on our side, you know. Um, and also what I really like is because you are um, jumping into insane asylum characters, your characters are a little crazy. Yeah. And sometimes that will manifest itself. Yeah. But the thing I really liked about at least the one that we're doing mm-hmm. is that anytime we made a mistake that we should not have done something, it's not because it's just, oh, well, there's no way you could have known. We should have known. If we took a moment and stopped and really discussed our options, like, uh-huh. do we believe this person? Do we think that this is actually a thing or is this just going to be a red herring? But like, I made a mistake. I talked to a person and I tried to help them. I should not have helped them. Yeah. I should have thought, and the entire time for the rest of the game, I'm like, remember that time that I went to go shake that man's hand who like clearly had scratch marks up and down his arms because he's in an insane asylum and you should not shake someone's hand who's in an insane asylum? Yeah, let's not do that again. What you're about to do by opening that locker, it's kind of like that, you know? Now, the one thing though about the game that is um, interesting is that, yeah, you can buy expansion packs, you know? So it's almost like, I compare it to like a Barbie doll. Uh-huh. Where the board game itself is the actual doll, but then the cards are like the clothes, you know, because they <laughs> yeah. all they all fit like differently, uh-huh. you know, and they're all made by different designers. So um, the artwork for the first one is fantastic, but there's like I think two or three other ones out expansions, but they're done by different artists mm-hmm. and it's different stories and yeah. different ways in which it plays. Yeah, that's the other thing is some of the components, depending on what story you're playing, they might be they might represent something different. Mm-hmm. You know, like in ours, they, we have these little tokens that kind of represent sort of like health. But essentially, in some cases, they're cocaine or something. Or it's a magic potion that you need to kill the dragon with. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. yeah. They can represent different things. It, it can be anything. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah. all like just kind of blank face, you know, just color things. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, what's really cool is not only do we say it's kind of easy um, if you mess up and you run out of time to kind of reset so that you can start again. Mm-hmm. But what's also really neat is if you finish or you run out of time or something and you want to you know pack up you can actually the way the box was designed it's designed in a way that you can actually save your game you and i'm pause. using quote marks because it's, it is essentially like a video game hitting save the box is actually laid out to where there's tokens to represent where you were in the timeline there's places for your player hands to go so that you have my your, cards are here versus your cards yeah and these were the items i was holding on to at the time you know it's really cleverly done very cool yeah and very interesting very fun to do Mm -hmm. i just don't think that there's nearly enough time 
to yeah. do the mission. Like, even, like, to fully, like, the first time we played it, we ran out of time just because we ran out of time. Uh-huh. And we're like, there's no way we're getting this done. Yeah, so yeah. So essentially what we did was I said we should just walk into what we think is the obvious trap because we're going to run out of time, so we might as well just, like, take a major See, hit hell yeah. because who cares? Yeah. You know? And what's weird is so we're, we'll definitely have to relook at this because – um, we watched a couple play videos and they were starting with way more time than what we had. So we were really confused. And I was really confused as to like, why do you guys have so much time? Yeah. So we'll have to look at that again. But anyways, yeah. So your Friday favorite is Time Stories. Mm-hmm. Guess what my Friday favorite oh, is? Oh, I thought that was your Friday favorite. Well, it's Time Stories. Oh. <laughs> I just want to go back in time. You see, we're going to talk about it again because now we can do it quicker and faster. Yeah. And I will say it, it is a, a little bit more expensive of a game. But I think it's worth but it. But it's definitely worth it. It definitely has, re, you know, replayability. Um, I mean, granted, once you go through the storyline, you're kind of kind of know the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, once you get those other expansions, and I'm assuming they'll just keep adding expansions too. Yeah. So I definitely, it was very enjoyable. Plus, it's, it seems like a really cool game to share with somebody. Yeah. and Like lend them, like yeah. lend it to a friend and say like, oh my gosh, play this. Maybe give them like some tips about like how to set it up or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? But then just like let them, it's kind of like if you find a really good book or a really good story on like, you know, uh, Netflix or something, you're like, you have to watch this documentary about uh, the the well, you know? Yeah, or, yeah. And um, the other thing too is, although, you know, like I said, it doesn't have a lot of replayability once you know through the storyline, but like you you play multiple, you have to play multiple rounds. The, chan- the chance that you're going to get it all in one round is almost impossible less than one percent chance yeah so you do still get a lot of play out of it Mm -hmm. because you have to go through the timeline multiple times and it's it's like a very in-depth thing with lots of decisions and stuff yeah it's it's almost like a board game of a choose your own adventure book yeah it's very there's a lot of role play elements Mm -hmm. to it um the other thing that i was thinking when we were playing it because the other thing is although you know like it it's you do become very kind of involved in the story mm-hmm. you know even though it's just a board game or whatever but the thing that i kept thinking about it is it really reminded me in a lot of ways of an escape room more so than some yeah. of the escape room advertised games are you know there are a lot of escape room in the box mm-hmm. quote unquote games and this one actually felt more like an escape room than a lot of those games do yeah, because you've got to remember, like, okay, this helps us get into that. Mm-hmm. And then if we get that, then we can open up this door. And if we open this door, we finally get to meet this person uh-huh. who then gives us the magic key to do that, blah, blah, blah. But if we go over here, we can take the secret passage and sidetrack all that, you know. And, yeah. You know, kind of. Yeah, it's it's so... And I can't talk about it because I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, that's the problem. There's a it's lot so of It's so frustrating. You don't want to tell the, any of the story. If, if you are a fan of role-playing at all... It, this is worth it and like yeah. i said it's a it is such a unique story that you'll go through every single playthrough uh-huh. and that even if your other friends aren't there to play it with you you'll want to share it with them yeah you will want to say oh my goodness you have to try this yeah like, because i need to talk about this with yeah you. yeah like we were even saying because we we played it with one group of friends and we're like oh man we because it only goes to four mm-hmm. and we really wanted to play it with this other group of friends so we're like you know what we might just play it with them and just we won't help them you know well, what just I mean? they will we make the decisions. They'll make the decisions, yeah, essentially. And we'll just go along with their decisions. And just, I'll just role play as I go along. Yeah, just because we really want them to see the game too. Mm-hmm. And we want to be able to talk with them. So definitely it. good. Um, the, only, the only caveat I'll add, though, is I have seen a lot of reviews online and a lot of people thus far, because mm-hmm. like I said, there's only about two or maybe three expansions out. A lot of people don't like the expansions as much as the original game it comes with. Uh-huh. But that's something that can be resolved with another expansion that gets released. Yeah. You know, because I, I think for sure there was one that came out. 
I forget the name of it. It's like the Mercy case or something like that, you know, where it has something to do with zombies. And it's just people, they don't seem to appreciate or like that one as much as the Asylum one. But like I said, you have all of time to go through. Uh-huh. So surely there would be other themes and other, you know, yeah. adventures to go on. That would be pretty cool. Like in the in the book itself, they definitely reference that they're going to make a, uh, a Wizards and Dragons kind of one. You know, mm-hmm. so like a fantasy one. And people argue like, oh, well, that's not really time-based. And like, yeah, really? Look at what happens to the asylum without giving any spoilers. What happens to the asylum? Also not time-based. Yeah, there's there's um, definitely a couple like kind of magical elements to it. Yeah. And the thing is, the whole kind of idea is that there's been sort of these rifts in time or something. And you kind of got to wonder, is it this added element of magic that's causing this rift yeah you know exactly. like magic's not supposed or to be or is the, the rift 19- allowing the magic to happen yeah like magic doesn't exist in the 1920s so maybe that's the problem so it's but and also at the same time you have to be like well time travel's kind of magic too guys True, so yeah. you know like if you're willing to like accept one like impossibility accept yeah. all impossibilities yeah you know okay i think that does it for our friday favorites Music for this episode was provided by bensound.com. As always, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Rates and reviews on iTunes are much appreciated as it really helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please come and talk games with us. Thanks for listening. Bye!